Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke, the 13th chapter. It is the first in our Lenten series, uh, Stories of Hope and Healing. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. May God bless our understanding of this sacred text. And will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Children ran from her, and adults looked right through her. The only other response she could hope for was pity, and even that made her feel less than human. The curvature of her spine was so severe that she could see nothing more than her own feet and the dirt beneath them. She could not raise her head, not to tip her head back to sip water, not to look for the morning star, not even to catch a glimpse of the unusual prophet preaching in the synagogue that Sabbath day. This is to say that it is entirely possible that this woman had not looked into the eyes of another human being for years. And though the burden pressing her face toward the ground was invisible, the people who brushed past her in the street would be quick to tell you that she must have done something to deserve such a life. Surely the guilt of some, some un Unspeakable sin was the cause of her suffering. Surely she was as crooked as her spine, her spirit following the downward slope of her vertebrae, leaving no part of her untwisted. And so her whole being 
was imprisoned by the infirmity. And it became a visible and cruel shorthand for who she was, the crippled woman. It doesn't surprise me that the woman did not approach Jesus in the synagogue. Maybe she assumed he would not help her on the Lord's day. Maybe she figured she was too far gone. Maybe she was trying to discern how to address him while staring at the all-too-familiar floor. Whatever stopped her from grabbing his cloak or crying out for his attention didn't matter. Jesus saw her. That bears repeating. Jesus saw her. He addressed her. He beckoned her forward. She could feel all those eyes on her, eyes that hadn't fully registered her presence in nearly two decades. All those eyes she couldn't see with her own hidden, tearful ones. When Jesus spoke to her with words of healing meant just for her, I'm convinced he must have sought out her eyes. When you tell someone something that really matters, you instinctively focus on those windows to the soul. Jesus didn't descend from heaven to earth to stop halfway in his preaching and teaching and healing. If Jesus was going to heal this woman properly, he had to do what was necessary to look her straight in the eyes when he spoke the words that would liberate her. And so he would have had to get down on his hands and knees. I imagine he would have had to crawl into that space forged by the right angle of her body and crane his neck to meet her surprised gaze. Of course, Luke doesn't say if he did this or not. But I would not put it past Jesus to go to undignified lengths to find and free the beloved children of God from their rusty shackles. Such is the depth of divine love. Such is the perseverance of the God who sees. And the woman was free. Free to raise her gaze from the earth to praise the God of the heavens who had sent this Savior to crouch by her feet in the dirt and release her from her suffering. The woman was free to lift her head and her voice in unexpected and profound thanksgiving. But there's something else going on here. There is another half of the story. The disgruntled synagogue leader was making a different sort of noise, 
trying his best to drown out the jubilant celebration. But nobody listens to the referee in a time like this. But Jesus did listen. The God who sees is a God who hears. Jesus released himself from the grateful grip of the woman he'd unbent to answer the man who was furious that the Sabbath rules had been bent in the process. His words for the indignant man weren't nearly as gentle as the ones he had spoken to the crippled woman. And so it is with God. The humble get a better deal than the hypocritical. The synagogue leader had enslaved himself to the Sabbath. He worked very hard at not working, turning the labor of rest into a more strenuous task than those that filled the other six days of the week. At sundown on Friday evenings, he braced himself to fulfill an obligation. Although his religious tradition was rich with descriptions of God's abiding love for creation, the man had reduced the creator of all that breathes into a loveless taskmaster. As much as he may have loved God with all his heart and soul and strength and mind, he also believed with all his heart and soul and strength and mind that God was offended that the back of this woman had been made straight on the Sabbath day. Jesus disagreed. There was no better day to heal than on the sacred day of rest, for the God whom Jesus came to reveal pursues the weary and heavy burdened. God is not a loveless taskmaster. God is a loving parent. And by releasing that woman from her burden of suffering, Jesus invited her to experience the gift of Sabbath for the first time in 18 years. I'd call that honoring the Sabbath and the God who commands it. And did you notice what he called the woman when he defended his action to the synagogue leader? He did not call her by her infirmity. He did not call her a sinner. He did not call her a cripple. He called her by her true identity, daughter of Abraham. In doing so, Jesus restored not only the integrity of her spine, but the dignity of her spirit. She was somebody's daughter. Indeed, one of the vast descendants that God had promised to Sarah and her husband. I'd like to think this is a tale of two healings that the disgruntled synagogue leader also got his spirit bent back into shape by the Messiah. After all, he was every bit as misshapen as she was, though you wouldn't know it passing him on the street. He was full of fear. Fear that he had to earn God's love. 
fear that he would never be good enough, fear that his life depended on his ability to maintain control. And he turned his fear onto his community, abusing his power to enforce his vision of a God who would callously let a daughter suffer to protect the sanctity of the Sabbath. But maybe he wasn't someone Jesus could heal by looking in the eye and speaking a tender word of liberation. At the end of the story, Luke reports that the man was humiliated. He was filled with shame, the shame of a man who has just been smacked in the face by something he didn't believe existed, a fairy, a leprechaun, the grace of God. Grace just can't be gentle with some folks. No matter how it shows up, though, no matter how grace shows up in tenderness or in storm, it forgives and heals just the same. I hope that leader accepted the jolt of grace and let his heart be transformed into one that could truly love and be loved by God and honor the Sabbath. This story is pure gospel. Isn't it wonderful news that Jesus came to lift up the lowly and topple the hypocrites? And the depths and heights he took to get his point across. Not just the day he knelt to look a broken woman in the eyes. The night he broke bread with his friends. The morning he let his own body be broken at the hands of sinners that he would be the first to forgive. The daybreak, he busted out of the chains of death to say once and for all that the love and grace of God have the last word. This story of hope and healing is pure gospel, where the Lord and Savior at the center of it is pure gospel. It doesn't end with brokenness, isolation, fear, humiliation. The story ends when all the people are lifting up their voices in thanksgiving, shouting alleluias and singing praises to the God who loves, the God who forgives, the God who restores, the God who redeems. So thanks be to God. Alleluia and Amen.